You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, I want to welcome those that are joining us uh, on all the different social media avenues. There, we're glad to have you. We're thrilled to have you participating, involving yourself, and motivating yourself, washing your mind uh, with the Word of God. It's just what has to happen in this day and time. Our theme this year is essential. We are looking at the essentials uh, for a blessed life. We're, we're talking, th- that idea won't work. That idea will not work. And boy, I say, well, we got a lot of wrong ideas out here. Well, who are you to decide right and wrong? I'm just telling you what the owner's manual said. That won't work. I look at the Bible just like I look at an owner's manual. When I got my truck, it came with an owner's manual. And it said, do not put gasoline in this diesel truck. In my truck, I can do what I want to. Who died and left you king? Who are you to say right and wrong for me? All this that's going on in the world doesn't make any sense to me. Put gas in it and see how that works for you. Here's what I'm telling you. It won't work. See, the one that created, the one that built my truck writes an owner's manual. And the Word of God is an owner's manual for us. I'm not telling you what you're doing is wrong. I'm just telling you what the owner's manual says you won't, it won't work. You won't have a long life. You won't have a blessed life. It won't work. So we're looking this year at things that are just simply essential in the Word of God. This will lead to life and peace and blessing. And this is going to lead to hurt and heartache and pain. I'm just telling you, I read the owner's manual. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 22. Here a few weeks ago, in the middle of our 100-year record breaking snow and low temperature. Uh, They keep saying that was a hundred year event. I'm thrilled I don't have to concern myself with that for at least another 99 years. So in 99 years, we can get prepared for that event again. I'm glad that is over. Uh, But I was, you know, I just can't watch this channel. I can't watch that channel. I got to turn this off. I can't watch that. Okay, surely I'm safe with the weather channel. Wrong. Man. I'm watching the weather channel in the middle of all of this going on with the snow and the ice. And here's a reporter on the scene. Behind him is a horrible, there's a horrible pileup of cars that just kept running into each other. And it was, it was terrible pileup. The reporter is on the scene. We don't even have all the wreckers here. We don't even have all the ambulances here to help start facilitating, untangling, hauling people out. I mean, we don't even have all the help there. And this reporter steps up and says, an investigation is underway. I'm just sitting here. I'll tell you what happened. I don't need an investigation. I can see what an investigation is underway. There are a lot of questions that someone must answer. Who put the de-icing chemicals out? Did the city manager give the instructions in time? What was the mixture of the de-icing chemicals and who mixed that batch? There are questions that someone is going to have to answer. I, I, I just had to turn it off and get myself together. I mean, we hadn't even got the people out of their wrecked cars yet and we're trying to blame somebody. 
I mean, we're already trying to blame somebody that's not even there. The forecast in our day and time is on everybody's phone and it's updating every minute. The temperature now is on everybody's dashboard. You're driving your car and you can see the temperature is below freezing. You got a big windshield that you're looking out and ice droplets are starting to hit this windshield. Duh, slow down. Is there no personal responsibility taken and there, is there no responsibility seen by this reporter? We got to blame somebody that's not even there. I do have some questions. Now that you brought that up, could you have slowed down? The temperature is below freezing. Ice is hitting your windshield. Maybe you could go 15 or 20, not 75 or 85 miles an hour. Come on, it's a horrible pileup. It's, it's a terrible event but it doesn't have to be somebody else's fault. I was driving too fast for the road conditions. That was never considered. I just have to, I got to turn off even watching the Weather Channel. I'm trying to find something I can watch. But church, I'm not going to sit there and be inundated with anti-biblical thoughts. I'm not going to be programmed in my mind to think other than the way God tells me to think about my life. I'm not gonna to listen to that. I'm not gonna watch it. I'm not gonna be involved in it. I cannot do that. And I'm just telling you, we're in a situation in this day and time where we've gotta always be on guard. And if we're not, Romans 12 says, you will be conformed to this world in the way of thinking. It says, we got to be transformed by renewing of our mind. And me, I can sit right there and allow a commercial to conform my way of thinking to an ungodly, anti-biblical worldview. Uh, and we just can't have it. So, with this in our face, at every turn, I have to watch a commercial on TV, and so i got to write a message. The title of today's sermon is Personal Responsibility. I just got to start writing and I'm just watching a commercial on TV and I start writing a sermon. But I can't let this go and me come out today and preach a religious feel-good message and not address a thinking that is turning our minds away from God's plan for our life. Deuteronomy chapter 22, have you found it yet? I want you all to see this. Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 1. If you see your neighbor's ox or sheep or goat, okay, hold on. <clears throat> we need to know, scripture is written for you and I. It's written for people. It's, it's not about sheep management. This is not a book on how to run a goat herd. This is not a book on ox care. So when you read the Bible, you read it from the perspective of what is God telling me about my lifestyle. So well, I ain't never seen no, I ain't seen no ox walking down the street. It's not talking about an ox. It's just talking about your neighbor's stuff. Okay, let's read it again. If you see your neighbor's ox or sheep or goat wandering away, I want you to look at this sentence. Don't ignore your responsibility. Ain't my goat, ain't my sheep, I ain't got no ox. Hold on, don't ignore your responsibility. Make sure you underline that. 
take it back to its owner. If its owner does not live nearby you, or you don't know who the owner is, take it to your place and keep it until the owner comes looking for it. Then you must return it. Do the same if you find your neighbor's donkey, clothing, or anything else your neighbor loses. Once again, underline it, here it is. Don't ignore your responsibility. By our just walking down the road of life, God's word tells us we have a certain amount of personal responsibility to the situation, to others, to people, to what we've got a responsibility here. The problem today, we're living in a society that has become so self-absorbed, so into our own self and what we're doing that we take and see no responsibility for anybody or anything around us. Verse one, when you see your neighbor in a bad or a difficult situation, in need. See, there, there, you can't ignore. So what does that tell me? That means I've got a responsibility to daily life. I've got a personal responsibility. And this self-absorbed mindset that we are in in this day and time could not be more opposite of the way Jesus taught us to live our lives. Jesus taught us to think about, live our life, others-centered. That's why this self-absorption is so dangerous because it, it couldn't be more opposite of the way Jesus taught us to live our life. I want to talk today about some personal responsibility for yourself and for others that are around you. If you're interested in this, uh, in chapter four of the book in the lobby, The Roar of the Lion, The Church Awakes, I, I addressed some of this in that chapter. You can read some more about that if you're interested. But I want to just let you know, life won't work. Life won't work with all of us assuming no personal responsibility for ourselves or people around us. It won't work. Now, I've just got a lot of examples, but I'm not just necessarily preaching about these examples, but just examples of the way we're looking at life and the way we've got to start looking and the way we got to watch ourselves and keep from getting sucked into this world right now. On the playground at school, this was said, or this happened, a situation happened, it was wrong. There's no doubt about it. It was wrong. What the kid did, what the teacher didn't do, what happened, it was wrong. As a parent, my question and my concern is to my child. My question is, as my child comes home and starts telling me this, what did you do to cause them to do that to you? What did you do to make that happen? What was your responsibility in that? Why out of everybody on the playground did they choose you to say, see what is my job as a parent is to get my child thinking about what part did I play in this event? What can I learn from this? And what can I do different to see a different outcome in my life? Terry and I have a friend that a few years back was one of seven full-time Nashville city attorneys. 
A city has to hire seven full-time attorneys to handle all of the lawsuits that come in every day because somebody slipped on a sidewalk, because somebody stepped off of a curb and twist their ankle, and they're going to sue the city. Somebody had a traffic wreck because they didn't yield or they didn't pay attention to stop sign, and now they're going to sue the city because the stop sign, what are endless list of people wanting to blame somebody else for the fact they weren't paying attention. I'm sorry you slipped and fell on a banana in the grocery store. Okay, first of all, the owner of that store didn't drop the banana to sabotage you. The lady in front of you dropped the banana and she didn't mean to. Here's the fact. The fact is you're walking and not paying attention and not looking. Come on, it's a white tile floor. It's a yellow banana and you didn't see that banana, well, you deserve to fall, bonehead. It's not my mistake, I'm gonna sue this store owner. Okay, now what did Jesus tell us to do? Jesus calls us to think about the store owner. Jesus calls us to think, I'm grateful that this man or this woman that owns this store has borrowed money, gone in debt, hired all of these employees, ordered all this stuff, and provided a place for me to come and get my groceries right here in a convenient place from my house to this store. I am so grateful for this grocery store owner. But instead, we wanna sue them. We wanna take them to the cleaners. Church, this thinking won't work for abundant life because it's not what Jesus taught us to do. Uh, you know, the TV shows just went down the tubes. Now I can't even watch commercials. I tell you, these lawyer commercials have pushed me over the top. These credit card debt lawyer commercials are just over the top with wrong thinking anti-biblical wrong thinking. Do you owe $10,000 in credit card debt? Call this attorney, he'll get it handled. The numbers are, well, wait, 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 hold on. If you swipe your card and you leave with that item and you don't pay for that item, the Bible refers to, I'm not saying this, the Bible refers to you as a thief. You stole the money. You don't need to call this lawyer's number that's on the screen below. You need to pay people that you owe the money to for crying out loud. Or the Bible says you're a thief. Call this number. Well, or, 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 or another option would be mail these people a check. I can't, are you tired of credit card companies harassing you? Well, wait, wait, wait. Out of all the numbers in the phone book, they just picked you to harass? Are they harassing you? Well, you obtained an item or a list of items or countless items that you have not paid for. Now, the way to stop harassing debt collecting is to pay them the money you owe. That's the way you stop that. You don't call this lawyer's number. You don't hire a lawyer, you pay your bill. Commercials, I mean, they're getting me. And I, this commercial is, I guess it's just the devil. Because anytime I, okay, okay, get yourself together. Let me turn on the TV. Try to, I turn it on and this commercial's on. 
the lady. I want everything I'm entitled to. Click. Oh, and there's another lady. I want everything I deserve. Okay, y'all know me. I have a hard time with anybody using the word deserve. Let's don't bring up what you deserve. Let's don't talk about what you deserve. And those two ladies that talk about, I want everything I'm entitled to, why are you entitled to anything? Why are you deserving of anything? You don't deserve or entitled to anything. It's just wrong thinking. In church, it's essential that we get this turned around. All of our young people, they're hanging out, taking just enough classes to say that I'm going to school. Okay, someone is paying your rent. Someone's paying your electric bill. Someone is providing you food. Somebody's providing you clothes. Somebody's providing you a car. Somebody's providing every need you have. And just a couple of years, these folks are adults. And so they think I deserve and I'm entitled to because it's been given to me. Got an announcement to make to our church today. The world don't owe you nothing. Not just a bit, that, I mean, that's a hard fact of reality. But, but you're not entitled to anything just because you're here. God's word is very clear. The first words in Genesis that God spoke to mankind was to produce. You produce and you be fruitful. You get out here and you produce and you're fruitful. The Bible is very clear from cover to cover. The more you serve others... The more you bless other people, the more you meet other people's needs, the more blessed you will be. You got to produce. You got to produce because it's a way of caring for other people. Poverty consumes individuals and a nation that thinks like this. And I can't, you can't, we can't as a church sit here and allow this mindset to overtake us as individuals, us as a church, and our nation. If you eat a bite of corn, somebody had to plant that, somebody had to harvest that, somebody had to package that, somebody had to haul that, somebody had to provide a place for you to buy that, Some, and all of that has got to be paid for. Parents, we've got to transfer the sense of personal responsibility to our children. It's the first words that God spoke to mankind. Be productive, be fruitful. This deal that we're dealing with of free college tuition, it's now the thinking. Wait, hold on. Free college, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me just ask a few questions. Have all of the college professors agreed to teach for free? If not, where's the money going to come to pay for free college? Okay, have all of the college maintenance staff agreed to keep that whole campus running for free? If not, where is the money coming to pay that maintenance staff? Okay, has the electric company agreed to provide all of the electricity for that whole campus? If not, then where's the money going to come to pay that electric company? I mean, on and on and on. The streets, the lights, the doors, the maintenance. Someone, somebody, somewhere has got to produce and make money. Somebody has got to be fruitful. Easy solution. Take it from the rich, overtax the rich to pay for those that aren't providing or doing anything. 
Okay, what happens is, is very soon, and it doesn't take long, the rich are all broke, and then socialism collapses the nation. And this is not something that's not easily seen worldwide. This only works for a short amount of time until you've made everybody there poor. If you drive on our roads, if you get an education, if you call 911 and expect an answer, if you drive up to the emergency room and expect somebody to treat you, if you eat any food, if you sleep inside out of the weather, if you use a phone, if you flip a light switch up and a light comes on, then you have to produce and be fruitful to pay for all of that happening. It's called personal responsibility. And this is the way God created life to work. Countless places in the Bible we can study the principle in giving you receive. The greater you give, the more you serve, the more you receive. If you don't work, then you don't eat. God's words of us bearing fruit are to meet the needs of other people. And it's essential that we reinstill personal responsibility in our young people's hearts. Okay, wait a minute, hold on. Let me get this story straight. Okay, let me go over it. You were in a convenience store. You selected your item. You walked to the cash register and you paid for the item. You walked out and you were walking across the parking lot to your car of the convenience store and the police zoomed in, they jumped out and they shot you. Oh, wait, wait, okay, hold on. Let me get this story straight. You were dressed in nice, clean, pressed clothes. You were walking down the sidewalk where the pedestrians are to walk and the police drove by, rolled down their window and just shot you on the sidewalk. Oh, 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 oh. You stuck a gun in the convenience store's face. You robbed the cash drawer. On your way out, you shot the convenience store guy. You went outside and took off running, and the police started yelling, stop, 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 put your hands up, stop. They were begging you to stop. You turned around and started shooting at the police, and then they shot you. Well, that's, okay, hold on. So you weren't in the middle of the afternoon walking down the sidewalk. Wait just a minute. It was three o'clock in the morning. You were in somebody's backyard and you had a black hoodie on at three o'clock in the morning and their dog woke them up from inside and they looked, okay, see, let's get our story straight here, folks. You have personal responsibility in what is going on to those around you. Deuteronomy 22, don't, it's a very important concept. Don't ignore your personal responsibility. In life, we've got responsibilities. We have responsibilities to be in certain places, to wear certain things, to act in a certain manner. We have certain responsibilities that goes along with life and all of life is not just all about you. If you see your neighbor ox or sheep, if you see your neighbor in a situation, don't ignore that, don't ignore that. How do we respond? How do we think, ain't my sheep, ain't my ox, I ain't got no, I don't have, I don't. See, the Bible teaches us in life we have personal responsibilities. Go to Matthew chapter 25. Let's look at some of the red letters here in Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. I want you to see this. 
This is Jesus teaching. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me drink. I was a stranger, you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick in prison and you didn't visit me. Okay, this doesn't just have to do with somebody that didn't have any clothes on. We're talking about people's needs. Not ox, not sheep, not, not somebody naked. You see somebody in need. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison, didn't help? And he said, I tell you the truth, when you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. Verse 46, red letters, and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Here's that same problem from Deuteronomy. They didn't see that they had a responsibility to anybody else. Jesus is calling this life principle out for us, and it is as relevant right now today as it was 2,000 years ago. The Bible is clear. We have a personal responsibility, and we cannot ignore that. The question we're asking today is, are you assuming your responsibility for those around you as well as yourself? Are we living others-centered or are we living self-absorbed? Okay, for another example, Terry and I ask a couple, another couple to go out to dinner with us and they say yes. Now, maybe they should have just said no, we are swamped, we're covered up, we're too busy, we got too much going on. But at any rate, they didn't say that, they said yes. Okay, so the four of us are going out to dinner. All four of us have a certain amount of responsibility for that evening. There's a certain amount of responsibility for that evening. Okay, have you noticed? You've been talking nonstop for 30 minutes. You're talking way too much. Have you noticed you've sat there like a lump on a log and hadn't said a word for 30 minutes? You're not adding anything to this evening. We would have been better off to leave you at home because you aren't adding anything to this get-together. Well, we're glad to have you with us tonight. See, there is a certain amount of responsibility that you are called on to make this evening a success. When you go over to somebody's house, a social gathering or a party night or event night, when you go to somebody's house, you go there with the understanding you have a certain amount of responsibility to the conversation, to the fun, to the getting out the meal, to the putting the meal up, to the cleaning up of the meal, to the hauling. See, you walk in there assuming and aware of, I see the fact that I've got a responsibility here. You're in the car with other people. You've got a responsibility to be a part of that travel or that conversation or what's going on. You are not so self-absorbed that you're into your own thing. And we gotta remember as Christians, our lives are to be others-centered. But we become so self-absorbed and now with the phone that we have in our hand, playing our game, talking to somebody else, texting somebody else, hold on, had you need to text your friend, you should have gone out to eat with them, but you said you would come with me, so you're not meeting with that friend tonight. 
They'll have to wait for another hour or two, and then you can talk to them, but right now you're in the car with me. See, we, we just can't miss. The, Deuteronomy says you can't ignore. Jesus is saying when you see other people, when you're in a situation, you have to see your responsibility to it. We just can't miss the dishes in the sink, the dirty clothes in the hamper, the bag of trash that's overflowing, the uncut lawn, the leaves in the gutter. These are not somebody else's responsibility while you're so self-absorbed you don't even see them. The Bible says don't ignore your responsibility. When you walk by a sink of dirty dishes, you are ignoring your responsibility. And I'm always amazed at why parents have to make a young person make up the bed that they slept in. Why do we have to make you clean your room? Well, why do we have to make you, and you do all this sign and rubbing your shoulders when asked to wash the dishes that you ate on? Come on, we can't continue to ignore our responsibility. It's, it's really tragic when you get married because now we have two self-absorbed individuals that are supposed to coexist in life together. I'm not preaching this message today to be mean. I'm not preaching this message be, from a negative standpoint. Deuteronomy 22 goes on to say, so you will live a prosperous life. So you will enjoy a long life. And I want every member of our church living a blessed, prosperous, long life. So in order for us to do that, Deuteronomy 22 says, we can't ignore our personal responsibilities. If you'll notice when you're studying this, it doesn't have anything to do with if you have time or if you feel like it or if you think it would be fun. Come on. Cleaning out the gutters is never anything anybody wants to do. Vacuuming the floor is never fun, nor is it something anybody wants to do. Oh, I just can't wait tomorrow. I get to haul the trash off. Oh, I can't wait. Hurry and get that filled so I can get that and put it and get that thing, pull it out thing, and then Kool-Aid spills all out the box. Those trash bags always have a hole in it, and the juice runs down my leg, and then it gets, oh, it's going to be so exciting tomorrow. Come on, it's never anything we want to do. Young people, one of the biggest lessons you can learn in life is success is a result of not you doing what you want to do because everybody does what they want to do. Success in life is your ability to handle all of the things that you don't want to do. That is the way you become successful in life. It's how you manage and handle all of the things that aren't fun, all of the things that you don't want to do. That's how you become successful in life. And we're going to have to come out of this self absorption that this era is so consumed with. Parents, don't let your kids grow up and leave the house and think that life should be free and that I deserve to have my needs met. Don't let your kids leave with no thought of where does the money come from to do this, to do that, to have this. Don't let your kids leave the house thinking it's somebody else's fault. That whatever happened is somebody else's fault and we're gonna blame somebody else. Come on, always see your personal responsibility in what's just happened, what is going on. Being productive 
is our responsibility. God created life to work on people seeing others' needs. When you do for someone else, when you bless somebody else, when you help somebody else, you're blessed. In this life, you see a need that someone else has and you build a business to fix that need, then you'll live blessed. You see another's need and you begin to give to that need, that will bring blessings to you. And the more people's needs that you can meet, the more blessed you're gonna live in life. You and I, we, because we're here, have a responsibility to those around us. Let's finish up with Matthew 25. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. But the Son of Man comes in his glory with all of his angels with him. Then he will sit upon his glorious throne. This is Jesus. All the nations will begin to gather in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left hand. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you. Whoa, 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 whoa. When I read that, I want to ask myself, how do I get on the right and not on the left? How do I get in the sheep pen and not in the goat pen? Here he is. He's sitting on his throne, and he starts separating the sheep from the goats. My question is, how do I get in that sheep pen? How do I avoid that goat pen? Verse 35, for I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick in prison and visit you? And the king will say, when you did it to the least of these. Church, it's a lifestyle. I don't even remember. I don't even remember. You don't remember it because it's just a lifestyle. You saw this need. You saw that need. You saw this situation. You saw, and you lived your life as a blessing to other people. And when you bless other people, you're blessing him. Read on, verse 41. Then the king will turn to those on the left. This isn't good. It's not good that you live your life ignoring your responsibility to other people. You end up in that goat pen, and verse 46, they'll go away to eternal punishment, and the righteous go away to eternal life. This is Jesus' teaching. Church, we've got to live our life. It is essential that we live our life, not so self-absorbed into what we're doing at the moment, but we live our life aware of the situation we're in, of the people that are around us, and what is our responsibility to them. It's essential that we live seeing our personal responsibility. Y'all stand. Lord, today we give you thanks for your word of direction. And Lord, in the midst of a culture that is trying to wash our minds and, and trying to shape us into an ungodly, unbiblical, irresponsible way of living, Lord, today we draw near to your word. We wash our mind with your word. And Lord, we 
we guard ourselves against anti-biblical and ungodly messages. Lord, that we live our life being shaped by your word. Continue to help us as we walk through this life and we live our life pleasing to you and a blessing to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.